You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. We never stop. Are you looking for a place to listen to your favorite music and sports? Look no further. WLSN, the Lieb Sports and Music Network, is a web-based music and sports network. Our network was created to provide authentic, high-energy entertainment through live streaming to a national audience. We play popular music while hosting podcasts from all over the world. Curious? Check us out on the web at LeapSports.com. That's L-E-E-I-B sports.com. Or find us on the TuneIn Radio app. Got Alexa? Just say, Alexa, play WLSN on TuneIn. WLSN is America's number one blog-themed sports and music network. Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle up. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. will keep the offense out there in a fourth and goal from the one. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. I would feel better at this point taking the three points. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And if you make it, it's great. But if you don't make it, it's a big momentum swing. Philly special. Philly special. Ready? Here we go, here we go. Goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it. Russian three, dropping eight. Uyangalale steps up, loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We did it our way, baby! We did it! We did it! We did it! What's going on, everyone? Huddle Up Podcast. We are live. It is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021, and we are glad to be with you here on this uh, this fine Tuesday night in September. Make sure you're following us on social media. We are at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms. We have merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. Our home network, of course, is NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. Our secondary home is the Leap Sports and Music Network, L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. We got the uh, the most reliable face around this place. That is 
Kyle F. and Nash. Kyle, how are we doing tonight? And, uh, oh, I got to unmute you guys. My bad. That's on me. <laughs> that one's on me. Kyle, how are you? That's okay. First of all, listen, I, I got to tell you, um, always, I, 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 when I listen to the intro, I have a good time doing it. You got the good music. You got the calls. I'm waiting for um, the call for barely skimping by Toledo. I'm waiting for that to add it to the list. And don't tell me you can't get the audio. You have somebody who's a member of Homeland Security on the on the panel here tonight. So, you know. They... <laughs> oh, all right. Five seconds in. done. Thank you. Safe. Is, that, that lack of composure is how FSU lost to Jacksonville State. Anyways. Safely in his bunker is uh, the second most reliable uh, at least in the month of September, Ernest EJ Christian EJ, how you doing, bud? Fuck the Philly special. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Can we move on now? The sad thing is, I did that for the two guys. Well, one of the guys is is reliable. The other one, I I, I forgive him because he can't help not being here, um, which is my brother. But I, I did it for those guys, and and they're not even around. So maybe I'll have to. Maybe I'll have to switch it up if i if i feel like doing something on a weekend um is the most reliably vulgar does that count sure we'll we'll leave it at that and then uh, a face we haven't seen here in a little while but uh we're always glad when he can make it on dave how we doing buddy doing well guys happy to shit on notre dame for an hour here yeah I'm very outnumbered tonight. Very I, I, outnumbered. I don't think there's one team that Jim Roots would actually like. I mean, the Capitals, I can probably stomach a little bit, but I hate I hate Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a Giant fan. So I hate the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. What, what Shut up. Mean? Shut up, Kyle. Don't even start your shit today. We did we're not, we're like two minutes to the fucking podcast. Come on. You're the one that the middle finger, bro. What am I doing? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, think, I don't think any of our teams – match up because like even like even as i've been attempting to to get into the nba it's been the sixers so uh yeah it's <laughs> we're, we're we uh we never uh match up on those but um Dude, like okay, that's the last time we'll Orlando. talk about basketball in this podcast. <laughs> yeah at least for another couple of weeks anyway <laughs> a couple of weeks oh, wait, no you don't fight it's a lot not fucking tip off sorry exactly exactly now you're getting it um (laughs) let's let's start here in college football because this past weekend i know uh between kyle ej and i uh as we were watching well i guess it was post weather delay when uh when clemson was was nearing a uh upset loss potentially to to georgia tech and and they uh they did end up winning and we started the discussion of uh, the fact that like Clemson, who was ranked sixth at the time, I'm like, th- th- this is not the uh, the sixth best team in the country. Um, so the 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 kind of thought in my mind, and I understand we're four weeks into the season. The, 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 uh, obviously, things change and and all of that, but it's it's a interesting topic because in college football, and we we've discussed on this show before with with preseason rankings. I mean, are completely pointless, but they provide a structure and a framework for the entire season. And we're already seeing the foundation of said framework being completely flawed. Um, you know, and and just lo- like looking at the top 10 and, and even the into the top 15, the movement 
um, that has happened with teams going up, teams falling back, even teams that are that are undefeated and have fallen back, and justifiably so. And and I say that um, you know the, the team the team that I'm I'm a fan of uh, has justifiably fallen back. That you know they they started at what seventh or eighth, and 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 they're back to twelfth, and and I have a hard time thinking that they're even the 12th best team in the country after what I've seen for the first three weeks. So you're, you're not going to, you, you aren't going to, un- unfortunately to disappoint Dave, you're not going to see me try and uh, put a bunch of uh, rose colored glasses on the, on the team from South Bend, because it's just, it's not realistic at this point. Um, but, but looking at the top 10, Alabama and Georgia stay at the top. Oregon's up one to three, Oklahoma fell to four. Uh, Iowa State at five, Penn State moved up four after their win to Auburn. They're the, they're at number six. Uh, A&M and Cincinnati stay seven, eight Clemson falls three to number nine, Ohio state falls one to 10. Uh, and then you have Florida who, uh, stays at 11 Notre Dame stays at 12 old miss up to, um, up four to number 13, Iowa state stays at 14 and, uh, BYU is up eight, uh, to number 15. Um, where's Florida state? Um, my, uh, my, my, my screen doesn't go to number 147. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. They're getting mo- more votes than, than some teams that have only one loss and have beaten the top 25 caliber team, um, a la UCF. So there's that lose one game on, on a pick six that tips off the receiver, go two and one, no votes for the AP lose three games, including to Jacksonville state. You're still getting a bunch of votes. For that the is, top twenty-five, and that, and that is sad. That is yeah. sad. Yeah, it's 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 unreal, and and you know that that goes to, um, you know the issues with the with the structure and and the belief about, um, the the non-power five conferences, and and yeah. we've, which we've had the, the the discussion. But, um, Dave, why don't we start with you? Since since you're uh, newly back with us tonight, um, what do you think is is right in the top ten? Is there and is there anything? That is uh, super wrong at this point. So I think there's a lot that's right at the top. Uh, I think you got the three best teams based on quality win at the top. I mean, you could semantics on if Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, one, two, three, really doesn't matter at this point. They're in the, the top, whatever. I think the most interesting thing is what they have going at nine, ten, eleven with uh, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and Florida, and. Are those in the right order? I, I think that based on how any team has looked, uh, I think it's hard pressed putting Clemson first. And, and personally speaking, I think Clemson's done, even if they win out. I don't think their strength of schedule in the ACC is going to get them there. Hmm. Um, I would, I, I think the only team that has potential to come out of UN, out of uh, the ACC is North Carolina. Um, when North Carolina runs the table, beating Clemson in the title game, which includes a big victory in uh, somewhere in Indiana, I believe. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when it happens. Um, but it will happen. Uh, but wow. I think that UNC is the, t- the only team that can come out of uh, out of the ACC at the moment. Um, I think Texas A&M is a very dark horse at the moment. They've been playing down a little bit. Uh, but I think that uh, the way Alabama looked this past week, uh, that has an upset in the man- making potentially in a couple weeks. But the team that's really interesting to me that's going way under the radar um, is the old Miss Rebels with Matt Corral as the quarterback who's just slinging the ball like crazy. I think he's got over 1,000 passing yards already. Um, I'm a little biased on that. I got him at like 31 to win the Heisman, so I'm really loving that 2-1 to one right now. It's all about the money, of course. But uh, <laughs> Ole Miss, uh, I cannot wait to see that Ole Miss-Alabama game. There might be 100 points scored in that in the first half. Just uh, 
how quickly uh, Ole Miss likes to play and how vulnerable Alabama's secondary looked last week. Uh, not to mention the fact that Alabama is doing a lot of uh, dink and dunk passes, which I think Ole Miss is really susceptible to. So long and short answer, I think uh, I think the top three are correct. You could probably argue that Oklahoma is okay in four just with the talent. They haven't looked that good. Um, but then the interesting piece and and is – does Clemson get by NC State this weekend? Um, I think they're they're right for the picking at and lines only ten, which seems a little short on the smell test. Uh, but their line, their offensive line and D line have been very very weak this year, which is a very surprise. Um, not to mention uh, Ungalea hasn't been uh, great, but that's a lot due to the pressure, in my opinion. So I, I think Clemson has been the major disappointment in college football so far this year. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. You know, if, if I'm, I, I don't, I don't really see. Um, I mean, despite the, the loss to Alabama, I mean, if Alabama is the best team in the country, which, um, I mean, I, I may put, I, I don't even know, does like, because does, does Georgia belong at number one because that loss, that win over Clemson, all of a sudden doesn't look nearly as shiny as it did after week one. Um, but I, I, I don't know, I don't see how you can put Florida below Clemson or Ohio, Ohio State at this point, personally. Um, I, but again, it, it's it's week four. Um, Kyle, we'll go to you. Um, your thoughts. What's right? What's wrong? First of all, great breakdown by Dave. I'd also ask that uh, uh, Travis Intian not being in the backfield, also contributing and production and protection, because good running backs do that. By the way, good job getting rid of Kenyon Drake again, Miami. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm still bitter of having to write about that two years ago. But I'm not even a Dolphins fan. That still pisses me off. Anyways. Um, the, uh, there's a lot there. Um, the only place where I would go a little bit against, uh, Dave's analysis, a touch is any sort of respect for Texas A&M. I have none. Um, also I'm somebody who is very wait and see on any entity out of Iowa, be it Iowa or Iowa state. Listen, Brock Purdy's adorable and all of that as a quarterback, but he's struggling more than you would expect. Right. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks struggling, struggling more than you would expect. Sam Howell among them. This is why I don't necessarily have faith that North Carolina is going to do what they're alleged to supposed to have done. And, and again, Dave, that's not your fault. I've been after the ACC for a number of seasons now. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, the thing that's awkward to me is I would put I say Florida, they were gonna get there. They're the only ones that have a chance in the ACC, in my opinion. Right. And that's because the, 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 the competition in there is, you know, it, it, the NFC leads the ACC, you know, which also, which also also corresponds to Jim's two teams. <clears throat> Anyways, I don't care if you're in the, in the, in the conference anymore or not. I was going to say, we're not in a conference, Kyle. Yes, but you still play them and you still cherry pick them. Anyways. So, um, <laughs> you know, facts don't care about your feelings, Jim. I've, I've had to explain right. that to you by ex exercising that on EJ constantly. Okay. <laughs> uh, but um, the last thing I'd go away with is, you know, with the comeback that Florida put on Bama, I really have no good explanations why they're not only below Clemson, but in the top 10 overall, which I guess if they pass, Clemson, they, they would be. But, um, I mean, below the top seven for me is kind of – and listen, I'm not a guy who's, who's pro-Florida per se. I live in the state, sure. But I love the way they were ducking UCF, and they had to demand a two-for-one and all this other crap. So, you know, 
if anything, from a coverage standpoint, I wanted a one for one. I wanted to be able to go to Gainesville as well. And, you know, they were being difficult and ruining my journalism life. I'm saying. <laughs> no, but all that joking aside, like, I, I, Florida being any any place under seven is difficult. But maybe you could sell me eight in the right circumstances. But again, I'm still questioning Texas A&M, Iowa. Who do we really have? But at this stage, ranking some of these cats is pretty difficult. I will grant that. I'm with you, pal. Fair, EJ. Your thoughts? You no, know, Florida actually not lost to Alabama. You can make an argue should have moved up. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that, I mean, if you, if you want to call a good loss, that's a great loss. I mean, now that being said. Is this the first possible flaw in Alabama's, you know, season? We'll see. I mean, Ole Miss is a big game this weekend. So, I mean, they yeah. win these games. Obviously, it, it stamps it. Top four, have no problem with it. You can tip for tat the order of two through four whatever. I like what's that. Um, once you get down to five and below, it, it gets – it's like whatever. Look, it's it's early in the year still. Ohio State doesn't look impressive. Even though that score looked different, it was 41-20 against Toledo, that was a close game. Yeah, it was okay. close. It was close into the fourth quarter. I yeah. Oh, that's 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 uh, yeah. that's close that, that in the fourth quarter against Tanita. Does that sound uh, familiar? That, uh, Ohio State played Tulsa. I don't want to talk. Hey. I don't want to talk about close in the fourth quarter against Tanita. One, one of those T names. Sorry, we're, we're not going to talk about that. The point is, a lot, of, a lot of these schools right now don't look like their best selves right now that we're used to seeing. So it does feel a little wide open right now. You know, you know what I'm saying, and that's why I think. Let's not panic a little bit. Let's let this play, season continue to play out. Maybe Clemson turns it around. I hope they don't. I hate Clemson. I hate I hate Dabo. You know, mean mean uh, Jim uh, on the same page as that. Um, <laughs> we don't. I got to jump in. Real real uh, random question here. Number one, what the hell happened with the Florida journalism since we mentioned it, saying that uh, Anthony Richardson was going to play some for Florida and then he, he didn't game time decision an hour ahead of a kick. That was. Very uh-huh. interesting, saying that uh, he was going to play, and then all of a sudden he's in a, he's not playing. But I think uh, I think even that fourth down play call, if you have him in the game, is completely different with his mobility and everything. Oh, but yeah. then more importantly, the question I'd like to toss to everyone: Is this the year, given the chaos, that a mid-major or a non-power five makes it in? I'm looking at you, Cincinnati, more than likely, given when they run the table and are undefeated, that they have a couple quality wins. If you could consider Notre Dame quality, but well, I um, guess it, I guess it's oh! I'm not. I can't even dispute it at this point. That's the worst yeah, part. The thing is, I have no trust in the committee to get it right, even if they do on the table. I agree. As I mean, you said, Florida State's getting votes. Oh, and three for um for, well, that's for not the committee. That's- my point is, people vote on this shit. I mean, they'll vote, but you know what I'm saying. That that's the whole atmosphere of people who have involvement in voting and whatnot. I don't yeah. trust them to get it right. I'm just so, saying that so we don't get the comments and the tweets. Oh, they don't vote. Who's, no, I get that. I, it, I mean, know, for, for, for Cincinnati, I mean, it's certainly possible. Like, you know, because at the top, you know, Alabama, Georgia, that's going to play itself out. At, uh, Iowa, Penn State's going to play itself out. You got to assume Oklahoma uh, is probably going to find itself in a loss somewhere. Um, you know, A&M's probably going to lose. Uh, you know, Clemson, I I, I, I can't. Dylan, Dylan Gabriel uh, breaking his clavicle against Louisville is actually huge too, because that makes uh, Cincy's role a little easier. I think you said this last week though that the one big, the big thing right now that's going to change things in comparison to the last couple of years is that the Pac-12 is kind of right now so far is in the party again. The Pac-12 has not even been in the conversation in terms of. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but now they are. Yeah. As, as long as Oregon continues to win, right, I was going to say think, they, they they can't they can't Pac twelve themselves at some point during right. the year. You but say Pac twelve, but it's the Big Twelve. I think that's going to take the bigger hit with that. We've talked about it many times that current and 
former athletic directors are on the committee, and a lot of them are from the ACC. Speaking of Big Ten, I mean, I mean, Penn State, we're not, no. Penn State could bust them, you know. I mean, some... well, it, it, at this point, the, the the two teams highest out of the Big Ten are Iowa and Penn State. They're in separate divisions. So so even if both of them run the table, one, one of them is going to be out. Um, right. So it's, you know, it's it's mathematics. Penn State is in Auburn, too. Or not Auburn, Iowa. Penn State plays in Iowa. I'm pretty sure okay, so yeah. And, and, you know, if the, those two teams end up splitting, then they're both gone. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and then the door opens think back. I Iowa is such a fraud. They yeah, and they, they probably are. They usually prove themselves to be such. I mean, they got out of privilege. I mean, if you're not a fraud, then show me. You know, show me. You know, winning out. Beat beat Ohio State. Beat Penn State. Then you know, if if you're if you're Cincinnati though, you're um you know you're hoping that Notre Dame wins against Wisconsin this weekend because correct you know to to then go into South Bend the following week that that's going to look a lot better if you win that game and you do run the table. So um you know you you. As much as it probably kills uh, some of the people in, in in Cincinnati to root for Brian Kelly uh, this week, uh, <laughs> they, they 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 need to this week. Then they won't next week. But yeah, I mean, obviously, again, we're we're sitting here looking at week four. Um, you know, coming up this weekend, all of this will change. Um, some of it probably will change in about four days. So, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. always a fun discussion point, but, but it, Hashtag you know. Ole Miss. I get it. I get it. I was going to say that Ole Miss games, I have a lot of say so about this. Exactly. It's, hap- it's not like it's happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's look at two games, uh, that, uh, have both teams in the top 25 playing each other this weekend. And we'll start with, uh, Fox's big noon Saturday, which, I hate I hate Notre Dame when when they play at noon. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. But number twelve, Notre Dame, and number eighteen, Wisconsin, um, at Soldier Field this Saturday at noon on Fox. Uh, Wisconsin six and a half uh, point favorite. Forty seven and a half is the uh, is the over under on this one. I mean, I'm I'm going with Notre Dame to cover and win. Um, this game definitely scares me more than it did. Um, about three weeks ago when I was, uh, talking real tough with a lot of friends of mine. So, um, you know, (laughs) Notre Dame has not played well. Um, they played better in the second half this, this past Saturday. Um, I I don't, I don't know what Purdue is this, you know, so uh, even that I can't feel confident in, um, but, uh, hopefully their defense, uh, does, does show up um this, this coming Saturday uh so I'm gonna go obviously Notre Dame to cover um I'm actually gonna go under though I I don't see this being a high scoring game at all uh EJ we'll go to you what's your run in the game again uh 47 and a half can't hear you I'm sorry my mic cut out I'm there we honest. go you're right um, no no I'll, I'll go under I, mean, I, I, I like Notre Dame on the points as well too they may they, and they may win they may win the game so I like Notre Dame in the points and, and the under as well. All right, Kyle. Well, gentlemen, this is all adorable, but here's the real world, okay? This is the this is the kind of Notre Dame team that beats Pitt in triple overtime, okay? Now, traditionally, Wisconsin, um, what's the one thing they do on offense traditionally? Come on, anybody. Run the ball. Anybody. Run, Run the, the damn, damn ball. ball. <laughs> exactly, okay? Now, that's the thing that would make it really difficult for Notre Dame. Limit 
their time of possession, get them in real trouble, all that other stuff. And maybe they'll do that for a while, but then Wisconsin will be Wisconsin in and make some sort of mistake and keep Notre Dame in it. And listen, as, as all the trash I talk for Notre Dame, I will fight to the death for Brian Kelly, the guy who is on, the only coach in Notre Dame history who has four consecutive 10-win seasons, okay? The facts of the case are those, and facts don't care about anybody's feelings, even mine and Dave's. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> but, but um, and I don't mean to speak for you. I'm just in the, in the, uh, in the ilk of trashing Notre Dame for an hour. You know, it's fair. So, but um, I say all the above to say Notre Dame wins the football game. They do not cover. And I match you. I think the under is a good call here. All right, Dave, how about you? I can't hit the unmute button here quick enough, but uh, <laughs> I'm on Texas A&M this week. Or not Texas A&M. Good grief, wrong game. Uh, right. I'm, on, I'm on Texas A&M to beat Notre Dame. They're just that good that they can beat them from the whole South. And by the whole, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're probably not wrong at this point. Good grief, but uh, I'm on Wisconsin. Um, I think there's Notre Dame. I, I, I don't think much of the uh, quarterback at Notre Dame, which I can't remember his name right now. Um, Tone. Seemed very flat-footed yeah, in the pocket. Uh, I also think that Notre Dame is very susceptible on both lines. Um, and and um, not that I think Wisconsin is much better at the moment, but I just think uh, six-ish six points, uh, I, I think that they cover that, uh, if nothing else, just to piss Jim off and tell him, so, told you so. But I think that it's an extreme line battle. Um, power rankings that I use for some of the Vegas stuff have this game about five and a half, six, so line smells right to me. Um, I, I do think that this is a, a game that's going to be close to start, but I think the big Wisconsin lines are going to wear down uh, Notre Dame over time. I also don't think that Notre Dame is going to be able to run the ball at all. Um, not that they've been able to this year, um, aside from some glimpses in the Purdue areas there. But, yeah, I was going to uh, say, besides a couple them. of big plays. Yeah, exactly. It's been, it, they've been pretty much relying on the pass, and I think that these, uh, the D-line from Wisconsin is going to get home and make life miserable. Um, plus, I just can't get out of the fact that uh, this Notre Dame team is literally um, – two last second plays for lack of better terms away from being one and two and going at against Wisconsin here. So, I mean, congratulations. You beat up on Perdant. Once again, the it, worst, the worst part of all of this is I can't dispute any of it. You almost lost to the team that lost to Jacksonville state. Yeah, but we close. didn't EJ. We didn't. I'm just saying context matters though. At this point, I almost kind of feel bad for Jim because I talked trash <laughs> and Notre Dame, but Dave tells me degree and intensity. Your team sucks. By the way, if you're wondering what Purdue is, that's the place that Drew Brees came from. Other than that, I got nothing for you. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is basically a normal conversation with Dave and I. So, I, I, like, the I'm just calloused to the point where it just doesn't even impact me anymore. But the data professional. The data professional in me, hearing him break it down like that, I, I just it's like watching a car accident, <laughs> except there's only one car involved and it's Notre Dame. Again, I, I actually can't... like to think it, I, I like to think of it as motorcycle versus tractor trailer, and one of them's Notre Dame. Yeah, you can you can uh, you can figure out which which one that is. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the game that Dave thought we were talking about, and that's number seven, <laughs> Texas A and M. Uh, they are a five point favorite against number sixteen Arkansas. Forty four and a half is your over under. This one uh, three thirty on CBS from uh, AT and T Stadium. 
Um, um, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as down on Texas A&M as Kyle is, but I'm not as big on Texas A&M as Dave is. Um, all that said, I do think they cover the five points. I think they, they win this game. Um, and, and, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a slide over 44 and a half feels awful low for almost any college football game at this point, besides the, uh, the Midwest mashup that we're going to have in, in Chicago. Uh, Dave, since you were so eager to talk about the Aggies, we'll start with you. <laughs> so Notre Dame's going to get their ass kicked this weekend. No, we're not talking nice. about that anymore. That's, yes. <laughs> oh, we're on the other game. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm A&M, obviously. Um, I, I think that this uh, A&M team has been down a little bit. They, they truthfully haven't really played much this year, and I think that they've been pretty vanilla on offense overall. Um, but it, this is more of a fade of, of Arkansas, in my opinion. Um, Arkansas has benefited it from it. I don't want to call it extreme turnover luck, um, but they're they're averaging 20-ish, 28 points a game, I think I saw. Um, and when they're winning games, they're doing it with turnovers. Um course i just left where it was but they're uh they're they're getting almost 13 turnovers in there i think it was about 13 turnovers in their wins over the past two years which is aiding um a lot of their inflated numbers and it's only six wins they're averaging over two turnovers a game to the good um when they're they're winning games and texas a&m is more experienced in that um plus the fact that uh this line smells in my opinion texas came in earlier this year to um arkansas and was seven point favorites why is texas a&m only laying four and a half here. Um, is Arkansas really that much better than we thought, which kind of shades me to think that Texas A&M is getting some extreme value here. Granted, A&M has not looked that good, kind of like in an Oklahoma-type situation or Iowa State if we want to get to one of those teams or even Clemson. But um, I, I think that A&M uh, is going to prove here that uh, to beat the, the big dogs in the SEC, Arkansas is not quite ready. Not to mention um, Arkansas is greatly improved and uh, they beat Texas this year. So, I mean, that's a... Uh, a huge step up for a program that's previously been a laughing stock, but uh, I think you're getting really good value on uh, A&M at a cheap price on the road this week. Um, and I think A&M has potential to beat uh, Alabama. I just think they've been very vanilla because they haven't needed to do much on offense and pull out all the stunts and everything. So um, it could be eating crow on this next week, but uh, go, uh, go Wisconsin in this one. You <laughs> <laughs> were going to say that too. Like, good. I love it. You know, that was almost perfect. If you had said on Wisconsin, you would have had me on board, Dave. That's awesome. <laughs> now, uh, listen, man, um, as a fellow data guy, uh, you, you said the line smells funny. Um, if I might present to you the concept of the anomaly that might be causing it is people do not know what to think of alleged future SEC talent Texas being crushed by Arkansas earlier in the year. Hell, I don't know what to make of it either, okay? And I'm not just saying this because of me, but, like, be honest – you're an SEC team, and now people are making jokes about how you're thinking, second thinking about it, I should say. And, uh, oh, by the way, you know, Big 12 be Big 12. And, um, so, no, um, yeah, I know it's alleged that it's not alleged that they're going to join. It's whether they belong. But, hey, that's not my problem. It's there. The punchline is this. Interpreting that and what happens against Texas A&M, even with as fraudulent as I think they are, and I believe, well, it wasn't it Colorado they struggled against? Like, they have the exact opposite problem. So you have a true set of anomalies here in Simuli getting your data the wrong way. Now that I've said all my nerdy talk, um, you know, for me, the Arkansas thing was good, but something's just pulling me away from picking them 
to win the game. But this is another one where I think um, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't say that AM won't win. I don't know why. That's just where I'm at. Um, I feel like it'll be a relatively high scoring affair, though. Um, I would keep the over in that. Um, and yeah, but again, you know, just to kind of explain why your line might be fishy, it's those two occurrences that I think are throwing what people think on it. And, and it's a good question to ask. I'm with you. Uh, EJ, we'll get to you, but we have some uh, some some breaking news in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, for the first time in uh, a game and a half against the terrible Baltimore Orioles, have scored a run. So congratulations to the Philadelphia Phillies for scoring on the worst team in baseball. I thought we covered runs sports. More runs than other teams will have touchdowns. <laughs> uh, EJ, we'll go to you, uh, Texas A&M in Arkansas. Fuck the Phillies special. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, no. Only Philly. a Patriots fan would still be bitter about that. I, I that is true. That is true. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also a Mets fan too. I hate the Phillies, so there you go. Um, honestly, I think Adam cover here. I think those that they there's a, a perception that, as you guys said here on this panel, that uh they're a bit fraudulent, and I think at least for this week, they're going to show up, and I they're going to cover this game five points. And I'll take the over as well too. I think I think I think there'll be some little bit of scoring in this game, mostly on Anon's part, of course. All right, let's... Jim. The one thing I want to add here, uh, quick sure, before we hop off this, uh, I think I and I, I saw six out of the last seven matchups between these two have been decided within a touchdown, um, or and with three out of the last four going to overtime, something like that. So historically, it's been a, a close rivalry. Uh, for what it's worth, my power rankings list is about nine and a half. Uh, Texas A&M should be favored by. So see how good they are come next week. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears here to the uh, to the NFL, um, and, and we'll look at um, some of the, the the rules enforcements and the, the decisions the NFL's made um, this year uh, in terms of discipline uh, before we get to, to four of the games this upcoming week. Um, we go back to the the, the Chiefs and the Browns, um, not from this past weekend, but the week before. There was a uh, kind of uh, scrum on the the sidelines. We saw the Browns' Ronnie Harrison get ejected. The The video showed him shoving a coach on the sideline. But if you really look at the tape, um, the, uh, the the Chiefs' assistant, Greg Lewis, um, shoved Harrison first. Um, I know it, it looked like Harrison maybe kind of stepped on a Chiefs player while he was down. I I think he was trying to just get over him and get, get off the sideline. Um, you can dispute intent all you want. Um, but to me, I think the NFL sends a really – um, really strange and, and, and not that great of a, of, of a message to, um, the teams, to coaches and to players, uh, that there's a different set of rules for coaches and, and, and for players when it turn when it comes to, uh, kind of putting their hands on each other. Um, I, I am fine with the, fi- with the fine and the ejection for Harrison, but I'm not fine that there wasn't any discipline, um, to, to Greg Lewis, both in the game and then after the fact. I think the NFL needs to, or it should have, um, find Lewis, and I think he should have been kicked off the sideline for the Chiefs um, as well. Kyle, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the the message the NFL sends here. Oh, boy, you shouldn't have started with me. Um, <laughs> I get how on the surface that everybody's screaming foul, and, and really there's a lot more layers and nuance to this than exists. First of all, let's be clear. The fine was relative, relative as NFL fines go, was a slap in the wrist. Sure. 
12 G's? Yeah, 12, 12, that's money, though. Money's money. What's that? Money's money, though. No, I want to hear that. Okay. Compared to, uh, like, even, let's put it this way. I don't want to hear about money and money. You're in pads. You don't touch a man who isn't in one. It's that simple a damn rule. And everybody who plays the game knows better than that. I'm sorry. You're about ready to set me off my own way here. Let me uh, let me get back to the people. I love it. I love it. But, um, and, and that's, not, that's not pointed at you, EJ, but I hate that defense. Money is money, though. Like, no. Like, that's not even a sixth of his salary. I don't want to hear it. How about not touching somebody who isn't in pads? Well, I agree. With that. Yeah. But... And again, that wasn't for you. That's more for the audience at home who's thinking that that's smart. Um, the the other there's some there's so much nuance here that isn't even discussed. For one, uh, Jim, you mentioned intent. Nobody's intent was really clear, honestly, except for Harrison's retaliation. That was it. Now, if it was another player, I don't think we're even having this conversation. No, right? I don't think there's a flag. I think nothing goes wrong. So the the message the NFL is sending, if in in my interpretation is you don't touch people who aren't padded second coaches are trained to communicate with players in full padding with a little extra right everybody wants to make jokes about how players and coaches pat butts and all this stuff do you want to know why that actually happens from a practical standpoint it is the one place as a player you are not padded so you get padded on the butt if you do it anywhere else you have to do with a little bit more force so they know you're there when I tap a fellow player on the shoulder, for example, who is wearing pads, I don't go boop, boop. I go back because then he knows I'm there and he doesn't push me back going, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> so, and, and that situation was awkward because, yeah, it looked like he was doing something he really wasn't. And I completely see both sides. I understand why Harrison was perturbed. You shoving the opponent's coach, be a grown ass man and don't do that. Shout at him, maybe. Third. I noticed there's more and more chortling between the sideline and the field of play. If I am the commissioner, which I am not, but hey, listen, one, I can dream a dream. Couldn't do any worse, Kyle. Actually, America can dream a dream. I would be the better NFL commissioner than EJ is a Patriots fan. And the that's fact. <laughs> and then <laughs> thank you. And, and then at the end of the day, I'm wanting to to dis what is word. Um, dispel that kind of contact, that kind of um, trottling, if you will. I don't want to call it taunting because that's even too strong. That's a whole other problem I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit. I, 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 I put out the fines the way I do, and then maybe they'll get the hint. You know. Now, granted, can't, should the NFL come out with a statement along with that? Honestly, I wouldn't do that because the moment you make a statement, then media and fans are going to be like, what about this time? What about this time? What about this time? And you'll have all this other <laughs> BS that the court of public opinion will be all up into. All right. And then there'll be tweetings that are chortling. Oh, great. Now I got all sorts of wacky words in here. But the punchline be this, gentlemen. It is not as simple as he got fined and he didn't. There's a lot more going on there. And it's unfortunate that the intelligent conversation is not happening here. Okay. EJ, your thoughts. <laughs> How you talked to what Kyle said. I actually agree with 100% everything he said there. What? I, I, I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you, man. Honestly. What? I, 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 that. I mean, seriously. I don't know if it, if in the, the, what, five plus years we've known each other, I've ever heard you say that you agree with Kyle F. and Nash. This is. 
Oh no, he agrees with me often. It's the one hundred percent that's mine, by the way. Yeah, I always find a way to pick to pick apart his arguments all the time. You yeah. fail, but you try. What? what, 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 what? <laughs> Have you heard your show? Russell Wilson was not MVP in twenty seventeen. Stop. And okay. He was, and I've I've dunked on you repetitly. Like, nine how on earth is a white man dunking on a black man? That's my question. <laughs> not baseball. What, what does baseball have to do with anything? Well, I talk sports, you, not games. Because you you can win a Cy Young on a, on a really bad team, but you know because of your record, it doesn't count that way. Football, it that, that's your best retort. Is the same baseball. Thank you. No, I agree with you. what you said there. You know, you know. Grow up, you know. Shit happens, you know. Yeah, you know. Dave, <laughs> I, I can't even respond. Honestly, I don't even need to say anything. I'll just listen to these two clowns argue for ten minutes. It's more excitement <laughs> listening to this, this Bro, pushing, shoving. I mean, these grown ass men play football and they're offended that they got shoved on the sideline. I'll just exactly. leave it at that that we shouldn't even be talking about it. Exactly. I don't give a shit about it. Uh, I don't care who who got fined. What? Uh, move on. I'm done. Wait, so the coach didn't get any, any discipline? No fine, nothing? Nothing. No penalty in the game, no no anything after the fact. I mean, that's a little touch and go there, too, but Kyle broke it down in a way where I was like, oh, I, I kind of see his point there. Because at first I was like, why did the coach get anything? I, would, I, I wouldn't even so much even kick them out either. I would have said, like, maybe a little fine, but then you broke it down, and I was like, oh, wait, that makes kind of sense, actually. So, good job, Kyle. One time in eight years, I've known you. Oh, you know better than that. Do I have to bring up the the the, the, the playoffs? It'd be another eight years. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, before we get to games, one other thing. Um, you know, a a rule enforcement that that we saw more in the preseason. We saw it more um, this past weekend. Um, the the taunting rule. We oh. we saw a a a. a High number, a, a larger number of, of, of taunting calls this past weekend in the NFL. I know a, a lot of fans reacting to such. Um, and while, like, here's the deal. A, am I a fan of the, necessarily, of the more strict enforcement of the rule? Personally, no. Um, but in the same time, and, and I think, I, I, think I, I don't remember which game it was that, that, that there was one called... Um, it was, it was a play that got called back, but it was at the end zone. And I was like, if you know how the rule is written and you know how they're enforcing the rule, it's still, whether you like it or not, it's still on you to not celebrate at an opposing player, taunt at an opposing player. Like we can, we can have a discussion or, or, um, or if we all just want to agree on like the, the, the rule being dumb or the enforcement being dumb, but if, if you know how it's going to be enforced and, and you still do it, then that that's kind of dumb in and of itself as well. But, but uh, Washington coach Ron Rivera kind of um, made a statement about it today or yesterday and basically said like, you know, the, the enforcement of the rule is basically to prevent a situation where, okay, so this guy taunts in somebody's face, uh, in the first quarter, and then there's a big scoring play uh, in the third quarter, and it there's a escalated taunting, and then you end up getting a brawl in the in the fourth quarter, and everything breaks loose, and you get suspensions, you get ejections, all of that. Like that's that's the purpose of the rule enforcement. And when I saw him say that, I was like, 
okay, I can that that kind of makes sense. And we already have seen um, not just the situation with the Browns and the Chiefs, but we saw um, numerous instances this past weekend of, of skirmishes breaking out uh, on the field. So, and then that's with this rule in place, um, you know. So I, it kind of makes sense where uh, Rivera is coming from. Um, so, but yeah, it's like I may not be a fan of the rule, but in the same time. If you know the rule and you still break it, um, then that that's on you at that point as well. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on this before we get the game? Yeah, so uh, I think I could care less about the rule. I just want it to be enforced consistently is the biggest thing that you know I always gripe with officials nonstop. Um, the the piece that you know I think the rule is a little over the top personally, and and the taunting has gotten a little bit out of hand. Um, however. I also think that if you're going to allow these guys to hit like they could 10 years ago and they're taunting, it's kind of a different type of development when you're actually allowed to hit and play football. And I understand the stuff from player safety. I'm not going down that path. Um, however, you know, it, it seems like, you know, the lack of hitting and calling all these taunting flags is kind of like being coll- not in a college football conference and thinking you have a chance in the college football playoffs when you make it every year. Uh, EJ, so you don't, uh, so Kyle doesn't steal your thunder on this topic. Why don't we start with you? That's right. No, balance is good. It really is. Hold on. One second. Hold on a second. I'm going to text it. Well, Kyle, go a second. I got a text. Sorry. <laughs> so, wife. um, in order to save EJ's thunder, Sorry, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, where, where I'm at with it. This is hard for me because like I'm I'm the, the, the type of guy I am, you know, the, the one of my one of my happiest moments on a football field was when I got cheap shotted because I knew that I was in the guy's head. Okay. So I'm a weirdo like that. I'm not the best person to approach this. But at days in where I'm kind of at is if you want to express yourself for making a big play, the NFL has given you that avenue in celebrating with your team. For God's sakes, every time there's a turnover, the uh, entire effing uh, defensive squad under the weight of 275 pounds, because I'm not wasting my energy for a damn selfie, uh, (laughs) runs over to the end zone and does the thing in the camera. And I love it. I got no problem with that. The league has relaxed so much on celebration that I think it kind of counteracts the taunting stuff. So, hey, how about not doing it and humiliating your opponent and just being kind of an a-hole, which, hey, listen, I've taunted people in pickup games and been kind of an a-hole to show my superiority. It's a thing you do sometimes. But how about not doing that and then celebrating with your guys? Like, it's not like you don't have other options. Right, because I think that's where a lot of people are are missing. They think it's that you're not allowed to celebrate, period. It's it's the the rule and the rule that's being enforced is not – doing it at an opposing player. And in their defense, it used to be that way. That is oh, yes. true. It, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the rule has changed, but it's it it hasn't changed in the way that people think it has changed. Correct. It, it, it's yeah, you, you can be an asshole and you can, it, there's a middle ground there, you know what I'm saying? There's a middle ground. And I, I the NFL you know, don't take the fun out of the game obviously, but some of these players do overreach sometimes though. You know what I mean? And like I said, this my only thing honestly is this the league be consistent with it. That's the only thing I have a problem with. It. They're not consistent. Well, and that's tough. It's a judgment call, basically, right? Oh, I mean, 
you know, I mean, not all of us. I mean, I'm, glad it, I'm glad they brought dancing back to, you know, a lot of people are dancing end zone. I mean, that shit was egregious. But 10 years ago, they had a rule where if you even celebrate in the end zone, like you get, you get a flag. It's stupid. Like, I mean, this is an emotional game. Don't take that emotion out of the game. That's perfect. That's perfect. And as somebody who is a Giants fan, you, you alleges to be a Giants fan. I should say. I'm surprised you haven't brought up OBJ and Josh Norman. That's the perfect thing they're trying to avoid. Yeah, that got a little out of hand though. That those two were a lot out of hand. They, that, yeah, that was uh, that was a game within the game, if you will. Correct. Well, and we but, saw it with the the Chiefs and Bucks last year. Was it um, was it Hill gave somebody like a peace sign uh, when they met in the regular season, and then the Bucks yeah. answered back in the Super Bowl? I mean, it got flagged both times, but. Um, the Bucks ended up obviously winning that battle. So, um, really, my, again, my only fear is I, I don't want the league to take out the fun. Like this is, this is entertainment too. Like this, but be consistent. That's all I'm saying. Be consistent across the board. Yeah, and I mean, they'll just go full hockey route and let them beat the shit out of each other and give them a two minute penalty. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd be all for that. Maybe, maybe you had a penalty block, a penalty box. Somehow, we finally got Indominus Sue to settle down. Damn, Dave. <laughs> I can do that too. Maybe wait until he retires, and then we'll then we'll look at that. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. I said beat the shit out of each other, not sumo in the center ring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, sir. Let's... That's our word. You That's leave right. us linemen out of your hate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to uh, let's go to the games. Uh, we will start uh, this Sunday, one o'clock in Buffalo. The football team they're one and one. They go to one and one Buffalo. Uh, the Bills are a nine and a half point home favorite. Forty seven um, is your over under on this one. Um, to me, you know, I, I know the bills didn't look great in week one, obviously, um, they, they absolutely destroyed Miami. I think there's, there's a lot still that we don't know about a lot of teams in this league only in week three. Um, I, I do know that if you're, uh, scraping by with, uh, Heineke to, to beat the New York football giants, uh, I'm not going to have a lot of faith in you going on the road to Buffalo. So give me Buffalo plus. Um, but I will actually go under for this one. Uh, Kyle. Under's a great call by you. Those defense are both fantastic. And let's remember something about Buffalo. If it's not in week one, Big Big Ben isn't having a heart attack yet. <laughs> and, and, you know, is a lot less. And, oh, by the way, wasn't a block punt that decided that game before everybody wants to sell on the bills that quickly. Um, but, yeah, you're right. These are two dynamic defenses. Um, dynamic defense is something you don't think you'll hear. Oh, but trust me, these teams have it. Um, it's just, and I, I listen, I'm not a guy who thinks, uh, that, uh, you know, Josh Allen is my own personal Jesus Christ either, but he's certainly way better than the option of grabbing a Heine. Um, I got a close game too. Um, I don't think bills cover nine in this one and the under is a good call, Jim. I'll follow you on that. All right, Dave. I'm going to follow, uh, I don't even know names anymore, but not Jim. We're taking the, uh, we're taking the Redskins catching the points here. Um, power ratings make this a little over a touchdown, so I think uh, you're getting some value here with Washington. Um, you're also uh, getting them on long rest. Additionally speaking, and I haven't gotten to say it with you yet this year, Jim, but your favorite saying of mine, that you're never as good as you looked or you're never as bad as you looked the past week. Buffalo Correct. looked pretty damn good. Washington looked pretty shitty. Um, additionally, I think uh, the interesting component with Washington, um, the, the, the drop down from Heineke or Fitzpatrick to Heineke, I have about a half a point to three-quarters of a point in the spread, so there's not much drop-off there. Um, but most of the time, you're, you're also looking at Washington's offense there, that there's not much of a need for a quarterback. You need more of a game manager than an explosive quarterback. Um, additionally, you got Ron Rivera having some extra time here. 
with the uh, to hopefully fix that defense a little bit. That's been a little bit bad. Um, obviously, they were uh, a little vulnerable versus the, the Giants, and and realistically should have lost that game. However, you look at uh, the Week One game versus the Chargers, and you could probably argue that if Fitzpatrick doesn't get hurt and or they don't turn the ball over at their three or five yard line, they have potential to win that game. Um, with the Bills, they they are probably they probably you can make an argument being two and zero right now. Um, you look at the box scores from the Week One game with Pittsburgh; they probably should have won that game solely based on the box score. Um, again, that's why they play the whole sixty minutes though, and they are what they are type of thing. But uh, I, I do think Buffalo could be two and zero. They did get a little bit of inflation in the market uh, based on their their pretty sizable killing of the Dolphins last week down south. Um, but they come back north, so um, I, I think Washington is going to keep this within a touchdown. Personally, I think it's going to be a really close game, and, and definitely agree with the under here. But uh, Buffalo straight up, uh, I don't see them losing, but uh, that would be pretty sweet just to watch everyone overreact on the Bills again. EJ, <laughs> EJ, how about you? Hey, can we, can we say Redskins now? It took no. a whole year to stop doing it. <laughs> it took a whole year to stop doing it. Because <laughs> Jim, for, for, for the last like a year, I do a podcast, he's like, Dude, you said Redskins again. Every, Dude, Redskins every again. time. Every and time. And now first and like it took me like like a whole year to, to stop saying it. And now <laughs> well, um, that's why I don't even say the team name. And if I do, I say red tails. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. See, Ky- Kyle's already uh, fixed and overcorrected. I'm gonna shock you guys here. I'm you're gonna tell me saying Redskins pisses Jim off. I'm gonna say him a lot more. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't piss me off, but I, I love, I love pointing out to EJ that he's saying something incorrect on his show. Well, I got text every time, like, dude, you start wrestling again. Like, fuck, bro. <laughs> what are you a fucking counter now? <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I wish I could make money every time you screw up. I, I'd be able to retire. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shot you guys here. I'm saying, I, I, I got a feeling we're gonna hit here. I got a funny feeling. I don't know why. And I agree, dynamic defenses, but for some reason, this smells like an over. I don't know why. That, that number 45 and a half is this right there where you can get a cheap field goal late or something like that. Um, I do like Buffalo in this game, but nine points, a lot of points. Mm-hmm. A lot of points. <laughs> I mean, I know that last week and all that, but it's, that, last week was a bit of an anomaly, too. Um, so give me, give me Washington the points here, but the over as well. All right, then we go to uh, 1 o'clock on Fox, the 1-1 one one Bears uh, with Justin Fields. Uh, looks like he's getting his first start uh, this week with an injury to Andy Dalton uh, at the 1-1 one one Browns. The Browns 7.5 point home favorite, 46 uh, and a half is your over-under uh, on this one. Um, you know, I, th- this is another one that just, uh, that for me, I'm looking at it and with Fields getting the start, I, 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 but there's part of me that's like to me that screams Browns and and over, but I, I think they're going to be energized and I think there's going to be looks that the Bears are going to be able to give, um, that that the Browns can't necessarily pre- prepare for. I think the Browns still win this game, but um, Fields is going to make plays that Andy Dalton wasn't going to. Um, now Fields and and we talked about it in 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 our uh, preseason predictions. Like, Fields isn't going to magically come in and fix the Bears' problems. Like, the Bears have, especially up front, they have a lot of problems that, that, that Justin Fields just isn't going to magically fix. But without any film on him and, um, you know, the, the plays that he is inevitably going to make, I like the Bears to cover in this one. Browns went out right. Um, and I'm going to go... I'm going to go over. I think that, you know, the Browns are going to be able to score points on the Bears, and and I think the Bears, because of 
uh, Fields making plays are going to be able to score more than I probably would have given him uh, the option to with Dalton. Uh, so, EJ, let's uh, work back with you. Yeah, I, yeah, the over looks pretty good here. Um, some points, again, Vegas got it right here on the points because this can go either way. Cleveland looked kind of shaky against Houston for a few, few quarters before putting the game away. I mean, they didn't even cover last week, but that's another argument. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I'm going to take the Bears on the points here. I just think, I don't know. I, I don't. The Browns are a good team. Let's be clear. The Browns are a very good team. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. If they're in, if they're comfortable, who they are yet? I, I think teams like Chicago could sneak up and make this game competitive. It's like Houston did last week, so I, I'm going to take the beers on the, on the points here. But the uh, I said the over, right? And the over. Yes, Dave. So I got to do a transitive property here just to get to a final thought on this. But um, the the Texans <laughs> looked pretty impressive last week against the Browns, and the Texans are playing a hell of a lot harder than anyone thought they were going to, and I have upgraded them pretty substantially in the rankings this year which scares the hell out of me for my 2-0 and Panthers on Thursday night. So we got there. Okay. Um, back to the game at hand here. I had to do that. Sorry. Um, but the – the uh, the uh, I don't get to say 2-0 and Panthers often, so had to get that in there for the first time in 10 years, I think. But um, the, the Bears are starting a road quarterback in his first career road start. Um, obviously got a little bit of playing time there. But, uh, you know, I think that this is a place that I'm looking to back the, the Browns if I play anything in this. Um, my numbers are right about where the spreads are, but situationally speaking, um, first road start for rookie quarterbacks, always susceptible. Um, Browns are pretty big up front, so I think they're going to be able to stop the run um, against anything that the, uh, the the Bears can do in, on that side of the ball. And if you're going to put the – and I think that they're going to be smart enough to um, shadow or, or spy or whatever our technical term is going to be now – that's uh, you know PG and legal, um, but they're going to do that to uh, to to keep Fields in check pretty much. Obviously, he's got the ability to break some 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 runs and things like that. But uh, other things speaking is they they've greatly benefited Bears as is um, in turnover luck in the last game versus the Bengals, and you're getting a little bit of value I think um, going against the Bears here because they didn't do a whole lot offensively scoring those twenty. I think it was twenty to seventeen was your final. Um, additionally speaking, the Browns should realistically be two and zero. They they browned away that game in, in Kansas city and, and realistically should have won that. Um, anyone that has any type of a brain knows that. Um, but this Browns team's loaded. Um, they, they are my super bowl pick this year. Um, I think Ooh. that this Browns team is, is really good. Um, Baker Mayfield has been playing a lot better than Baker normally does. Wow. And, uh, you don't even have um, Jim's favorite NFL wide receiver playing for them at this point. That's still out. And, um, if, if he comes back, that adds a whole other dynamic to him. So um, I, I do like the Browns in this spot. Um, I think the Browns, the Browns probably win this by double digits, and it's just a factor of, of the, the dual-headed threat in the backfield, along with the the uh, the rookie quarterback on the first uh, first road start there. But uh, I'll lay it with the Browns this week, and uh, I will take the under. I think that this one's got like a, a 28-10 feel, something like that. I'm changing my pick. I'm taking the Browns a cover. You just convinced me, Dave. Thank you. That was incredible. You're you're much better than Jim when you admit the feet. I like it. I'm not used to people kissing Dave's ass on this show. What the hell's going on? Smoke it down. I was like, wait, some points. It is his first start. First start. Kyle, yeah. go ahead. 
Well, Dave, uh, I like you. I respect you in this first outing, but unfortunately, I think we're going to have our first disagreement. It sounds, sir, like you are way too biased towards your Super Bowl prediction and missing a couple things. For one, I believe Landry is questionable going into this game, so that's. Land- be I think a he's. I think if I recall, I think they put him on the IR today. He's out. At oh, least so he three is placed on the. I couldn't remember. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to check before it came on. So yeah, yeah out. Uh, Jarvis that- Landry. He's out at least three weeks. I think it's an MCL sprain. Okay, reach him for the gun then. <laughs> okay. Uh, We're talking sports or politics here, Flipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Kerry of Friggin' Podcast. Don't so, be rude. <laughs> he's a flipper, and then he lives in Miami right next to the Dolphins. What about Miami? Palm Beach County. We're talking about Miami. Miami's not, it's I'm, Miami enough, son. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Don't fool me. I'm All right. Howard, then Miami. You think one of these dumbasses <laughs> thinks Tampa? You think one of these dumbasses think Tampa is West Florida? Or excuse me, South Florida. Shut up. Anyway. Shut your ass. <laughs> so no, but like, and, and to keep to keep the transit of property rolling because Dave opened the box. You as a Carolina fan suffered the most when your quarterback position was in a pickle. And you had Notre Dame's Jimmy Clausen in the backfield. <laughs> Yay! So, Nicholas, uh, Kyle. I knew that Jim had heard it before, but I knew Dave had. I needed to get the win. Um, go for the win, right, Jim? That's, Anyways. That's... So, uh, I say all of the above to say nothing involving this game other than the Jarvis Landry point. But if I remember correctly, Baker Mayfield was also nicked up a bit last week. Um, and then on top of all of that, the one thing that's most dangerous to the Browns is the complete and total lack of film they really have for Justin Field. Um, I really have no idea what he's going to come out and do because, to your point, the uh, Browns group is stacked, no question. That's why Baker Mayfield is going to struggle with it. Um, but um, we could say whatever we uh, we say, and maybe I could be accused of having bias towards my own Super Bowl pick since we're saying it both ways because I picked the Ravens. Um, but my whole thing is this. Nobody has any clue what Justin Fields is doing, and that's a lot of points. Um, and the one place the Bears are weak, I kind of feel like the Browns' defense are, air quotes, weak. Not to say that they're bad, that's just the least good part, is their linebackers up front. And what do you like to do against rookie quarterbacks? Blitz. But if that's in the hands of your weakest part of your defense, does it balance out? There's a lot of questions there. I'm not brave enough to pick the cover. I do pick the Browns winning because for all the trash I talk, the facts don't care about my feelings. And I do know that is a great roster, even without Jarvis Landry. And over above that, I I see a very high scoring affair as well. Somebody's going to miscount something. Justin Fields is going to do something they don't count account for. And that's fine. It'll just give us the over. All right, very good. Then we go to uh, the one-in-one Chargers at the one-in-one Chiefs, a seven-point home favorite. This uh, 46.5 is your number this one Sunday, 1 o'clock CBS. Um, and, and without the Browns browning, um, the the Chiefs could very easily be looking at 0-2 uh, at, at this point. And, and um, you know, that's a product of playing uh, two really good opponents to start the year. Um, you know, the, the, the Chargers – could also be zero and two, you know. They could also be zero and two. They could also be two and zero, um, you know. In, in in a tight game this past week, uh, I I don't I don't like seven as the number. I think these two teams are going to play close to each other. I think um, I think you're looking at you're very much looking at over uh, forty six and a half to me. I think these are these are two obviously high powered offenses. 
Um, I think the Chargers cover. I also think there's a chance that the Chargers win this game. Um, I know they're going on a, in, into a very hostile environment, but if, if they can get up early, um, you know, I, I, I don't the, – the, the Chiefs can and, and, and probably will uh, correct themselves as the season goes on. Um, this is a team that's played a lot of football in, in the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, the, the, your off season is a little bit shorter than everybody's. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's added pressure to stay on top when you're at the top. So this is a team that that's adjusting to a much different position than they've been in, um, in recent years. Uh, so I'm actually going to pick a, a, a chargers upset. I guess we'll still call it an upset at this point. Um, but uh, definitely the over uh, as well. Kyle. You know, there's two divisions in general where I throw away the stats sometimes and all the stuff leading up to, and I got to get in with my heart and think about things much more deep than the stats. And the AFC West and East are them. Miami Miracle Fools, I had 6-10 and 10 that year, and damned if I didn't lose to my boss at the time, Antoine Staley, because of the Miami Miracle where he picked the 7-9. and nine. Yes, I'm still bitter, but the punchline <laughs> is this. Anybody who thought that Lamar Jackson wasn't a goat quarterback who could win games were the ones that were chiefing. Not Browning, but chiefing. <laughs> that means smoking the marijuana, kids, for those who don't know. Anyways. Ridiculous. Anyways, at the end of the day, um, the AFC West is the other one, man. Like, as bad as the Broncos are, and against any of these teams, they could lose to them. Uh, you know, the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, who were a bad, uh, 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 air quotes, bad team last year, allegedly. And then um, – Justin Herbert came out and his rookies uh, would be for, for the first time when Tyrod um, had the whole medical issue and Jeez. damn near beat Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. Right. Dude. Um, so, you know, say what you will about the Chiefs. They're still a fantastic football team. Obviously will be a shootout. Take the over here. Um, they do not cover, but I am not brave enough to call upset um, on Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. Um, maybe it has something to do with this. I don't know subconsciously. Um, but yeah, man, that's where I'm at. And and God bless, watch this game. But degenerates, avoid betting this one and the one before. Please, good <laughs> God. Uh, Dave. So my number one question on this game is how do the, after seeing the Monday or the Sunday night game, how do the Chiefs, Stop Austin Eckler. Period. Mm. The, the the Chiefs are going to, or the charge the Chargers are going to do nothing but dump the ball and run the ball. The Chiefs cannot stop the run. I mean, Chubba Dub Dub had a field day game one against them, and the the, the Chiefs just cannot stop the run. Um, That's awesome. The I, I make this line about four. It's sitting six and a half. I'm on the Chargers. <laughs> Jim's got a little chub in his hands or something right now, but oh. um, I I think. Uh, I think the uh, the Chargers the Chargers do have potential to win this one straight up. Uh, I think they played two games last year that were pretty close. Um, the two games last year, I, I believe, were were fifty two points and forty one points. So the the total seems about right. Um, the Chargers are only scoring eighteen and a half points so far this year. So it's kind of interesting that that they don't have that uh, quote unquote feared offense. Um, but my little rant of the day is how the hell did the Chargers and the Cowboys game not go over last week? They punted once. They punted once. I beat Vegas by four effing points, and the damn game didn't go over. I, I got 51 and a half, and it finished 55 points. Are you kidding me? Not to mention the Cowboys suck, and everyone knows that. But 
Um, oh, I I feel like that uh, this game this game should go over, but uh, that number seems awful easy with Mahomes involved. <laughs> that uh, you say, oh, this is so easy that this game's going to go over. Um, so I'm taking the under just because I think Vegas knows something in this one. Uh, the other piece that you have to factor in on Kansas City this year, they've played a hell of a lot of football in the past two years. You consider their bowl playoff runs and everything. They have played an absolute lot of football. I am not high on this Kansas City team. I was very happy to bet against them in the Super Bowl last year and um, been doing so uh, twice so far this year and uh, very successful twice. So um, pull me twice. I'm going to keep playing it till it loses. They, uh, they have been struggling to cover as uh, uh, win games by more than uh, – uh, a single score here, and the fact that you're catching six and a hook here, you, you might as well play it and hope that they don't make that extra point or it bounces off the uprights or something. But uh, I'm taking the Chargers. I'll, I'll take the, uh, the – I don't even know what it is, six and a hook at the moment. But uh, uh, we'll take the Chargers in the under here and uh, hope that Patty Max crying again. Hey, there's a man who respects fat men protecting quarterback and when they're hurting, that matters, and I respect it, Dave. Thank you. Uh, EJ, how about you? No. I'm with you. Like, I, first of all, I love the over in this game. Let's just get out of the way. Over to me is is, is the play. You're gonna bet this game. Um, the Chargers, not San Diego, of course. They play KC well the last couple of years with Mahomes. I guess Mahomes. So, I I, I think the point. I I I I think the Chargers re, right here is plus was it plus seven and a half, plus seven, whatever it is. Seven and a half, yeah. Yeah, the Chargers easy. Honestly, I KC wins this game. I don't, I'm 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 like Kyle. Don't know if I'll pull a trigger on 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 the KC losing the game, but this 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 could be a field goal game. Honestly, these two teams have had some battles in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely going to so, be. A... Before we uh, before Jim starts blabbering again, question for the group. Jeez, if, uh... Uh, obviously, <laughs> if you're starting a franchise, if you're starting a franchise, this is why right he's now, only let him on once once or twice a year. Yeah, I know. I got the other nights. I got to get my month long digs up in here. <laughs> If you're starting a franchise right now and you're the GM, obviously take Patty Mack as your number one quarterback. Is is Sherbert, Justin Herbert, your second pick? If you had to take another quarterback, is there another quarterback in the NFL that you would take over Herbert long-term? I, I would probably take Herbert based on what I have seen so far. Obviously, he's still young in his career and really wasn't utilized a whole bunch last year. Um, if their coach, uh, Anthony Lynn, would have had any say with it, he wouldn't have been used at all miraculously. Right. Um, but number number two – how much did Oregon misuse him if he looks like this good so far this year in the NFL? Oh, but it, if, if there's if there's another who who else would you take if you're not taking Sherbert? All all things equal to me, like let's say like like if I say Aaron Rodgers, is it based Aaron Rodgers like at 37 years old or Aaron Rodgers at you know? I mean, current age, current age to start your franchise. Oh, so like, yeah, if you're if you're starting if you're starting an expansion franchise and you get Herbert your... has a big ceiling, a big ceiling. I feel like he yeah. might he could be the best quarterback in the league that named Patrick Mahomes the next couple of years. Um, it depends on how dynamic the receivers are. Um, for me, if if I'm if I'm guaranteed to have like horrid receivers, like my GM drafted receivers entirely out of Notre Dame, um, I would want Lamar Jackson number two ahead of Herbert. Um, but if I knew I was going to have somebody Keenan Allen-esque or DeAndre Hopkins-esque, um, kind of like Ky- Kyler Murray fell into, not dissing him, but yo, he's had some stuff break his way. Um, you know, him and him and AJ Green and the same stupid thing. That's the craziest stuff since <laughs> him and, and, and since uh, Fitzgerald and uh, Bolden. But I, I'm digressing. Um, but I think you, you misunderstood the. 
I think you misunderstood the question. I said a quarterback. You can't pick a running back that plays quarterback. <laughs> okay, well, and when he throws for another 400 yards in a playoff game and loses because his defense sucks and he has no receivers, we can have this conversation again, Dave. I will dunk on you. But, but Jeez, um, I won't prevent it. I don't participate in that sport. <laughs> sport. Sport. Hey, it's more of a sport than baseball. I'll give it that. But um, – but yeah, days in, if you got Justin Herbert or two long-term, and I, when, when I hear that, I'm thinking at least five years, pff, hell no, that's not a bad problem. I mean, what? Trevor Lawrence, maybe, but not in that surrounding, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been trying trying to rack my brain. Make luckily. your argument for Dak. We want to hear it. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't. If, you, if, you're, if you're giving me starting a franchise, I, I would go Herbert over Dak at this point. Like I mean, just just because if if I'm starting a franchise at this point, I went shit. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I was fuck with you. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you what do you try? What you, I, I figured you're trying to sneak your boy Brady in there for for one or two years, but um, oh, you mean you mean a goat like Kyle Kyle the goat right Brady? You mean wants to be the goat, but has had the greatest luck and, and roster wise of all quarterbacks of all time? Yeah, absolutely. Dave's Brady, a, Dave's yeah. a big Tom Brady guy too. Loves Brady. Hey, listen, loves Tom, Tom Brady. Great. He's just had a lot of help that nobody acknowledges. Oh no, but no one. Well, now especially, but um, but yeah, I I, I, I foam. <laughs> was that? I I can't I personally can't can't think of a besides Mahomes can't think of a guy I would. I would uh, prefer to have absolutely. What, it's a great. Kyler Murray, bro, I told you, Kyler Murray is so fucking good though. I mean, right oh, now, yeah. and look, I know it's only a two-game sample, but I pissed people off today on my podcast saying uh, two-game sample. Right now, MVP is Kyler Murray. Two-game sample, but you're such a tool, EJ. I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson over. I just want to know how he sees over the line to throw the damn ball. <laughs> MVP, Kyler Murray, let's go. I mean, I won't even bring up Russell. How, how does that little shit have to see over the line? Oh God! I don't know, dude. You're, you're such a tool, EJ. That's <laughs> that's my favorite line of the year, right there. It's it's the week three of the NFL. By the way, let's have him comment on his now freezing cold take. This is the best Alabama team ever. No, he, there. I, yeah, yeah, there. yeah. I got kind of lost in the weeds last week that one. Oof, yeah. You sure did. Oof. All right, let's go. One more game in the NFL. Uh, it is, uh, of course, and this might be EJ's new favorite team, the 2-0 Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 2-0 Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams, one-and-a-half point home favorite, 54 is your over-under. This one, the 425 on Fox. Um, I I love this game. I love this game at this point of the season. Um the Rams look really good. The Bucks look good. Um, I, you know, th- th- this is basically with the home field advantage. This is basically a push at this point. It's basically a pick 'em. Um, I'll take the Rams with the home field advantage. Um, I, I, I like what uh, Matthew Stafford's doing in that offense. Um, he has a favorite target in Cooper Cup, and as long as that guy stays healthy, he's going to keep running all over the field. Um, Fifty-four. It's it's tough because both offenses are high powered, but both defenses are really good. So so which which side of the ball is is going to uh, win out in this one? And I'll go. I'm actually going to take the under. I, if if I had if I had to to 
if I'm if I'm picking it, it's it's I think the Rams front seven is going to be able to get the pressure um on Brady and 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 probably maybe prevent some mistakes. I mean, Brady threw what three picks in week 1 against Dallas. So, um, you know, the 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 Rams defense, yeah, they're probably a little bit better than the Cowboys defense. I mean, you know, if we're looking at things objectively, um, but so so um yeah, <laughs> So I will take uh, I, I will take the Rams and uh, and the under EJ. I uh, love the under action this game, to be honest with you. Um, I was a tough one to pick between the two teams. This is this is my uh, my NFC title game uh, prediction. So Could certainly see it. Uh, I'm not going Rams here because the Rams has, has something to prove here. The, the Bucks don't. The Bucks are champs, so they're gonna get all the targets, all the hits. You know, the Rams, Stafford's new team. Obviously, I I, I like the Rams here. Close game, 27-20. Uh, what had the under? So twenty four twenty one, some of that nature. All right, Dave. You know. Seems like this is one of those games where Vegas is inviting you to bet Tampa Bay catching a point or so with Dome and at the helm, and they just want you to bet Tampa Bay here on the road. Uh, kind of like it was so easy to lay the field goal with Kansas City this past Sunday night that it just seems super easy type of deal. Um, my 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 numbers um, roughly have this game at about a po- right where the Vegas has it about a point point and a half favorite. Uh, no home field advantage for the Rams because there's gonna be more. Dome fans there than anyone more than likely. Um, I don't know that Los Angeles even knows that they have a football team, let alone two. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll save that for another day. Um, both this this one also spells out that it should be an offensive uh, juggernaut. Both uh, offenses are in the top seven in both passing and uh, rushing. Uh, but I think that the Rams are going to try and control the clock is what they're going to do and keep uh, Tampa Bay's offense off the field as much as possible. Uh, whether they're able to do that or not is a whole other story. Um, I suspect the Rams are going to try and do that with uh, short screen passes, uh, the the you know the the slants, stuff like that, real quick passes to to not um, kind of. And I'm going to bite my tongue while saying this. Uh, make sure you mute yourself, Jim. But kind of like the pretty genius uh, game plan that Dallas tried to institute against them the first week, get the ball out of the QB's hands really quickly. Um, and I would actually give Dak credit for that for audibling out of a lot of the runs that were called. But um, the the fact is that to beat this Tampa Bay team, you can't sit back there with the ball forever unless you're um, Patrick Mahomes trying to do that with working miracles. And, and let's face it, Stafford's not going to be able to do that. Um, so I think in order to beat Tampa Bay, you have to get the ball out quick and have um, playmakers once they get the ball in their hands. Um, and you got to be okay checking down and getting four yards of play. Three straight plays of four yards is another first down. So um, you got to take those those uh, that simple math for the Notre Dame education in this uh, podcast. Here. But, um, <laughs> the the the, uh, the the key is going to be holding the ball and keeping it away from uh, Tampa Bay. And if, if Los Angeles is able to do that, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Um, they are they are brilliant at coming up with some new offensive looks and schemes. So hopefully they're going to translate some of that to the D this week. I do have a little bit of concern with their D though, um, given that. Uh, Chicago was able to move the ball pretty, and again, it was pretty late in the game, but they were able to move the ball a little bit on the D. So I'm still not really sure what Los Angeles defense is, um, which kind of scares me going against Tampa Bay here a little bit. But uh, any chance I get to go against Tampa Bay and, and throw them, I'm going to take it. So um, I'm going to I'm going to lay the the point here with it. Um, but if I'm playing, uh, point of advice here: if I'm if you're planning on playing Los Angeles, sit and wait on this. 
Um, Tampa Bay is going to get hit with money at some point. The public's going to be all over getting them with uh, with points here. I, I think we'll get plus money on uh, Los Angeles here by the end of the week. Uh, but I think that uh, Los Angeles is the right side. Uh, if nothing else, Vegas knows better. And this is a, a pretty prime time game here. So I think uh, it's one of those that's pretty important uh, for the books to get the, the correct side, as we saw on uh, Sunday night last week. So I'm taking uh, I'm taking Los Angeles. I'm taking the under. All right, Kyle, how about you? Bucks have nothing to prove. What is this silliness right here? I mean, they come out here and playing in a fashion with in a way we've never seen before with the entire roster coming back. And let's be honest, the hype around people picking uh, the Rams to go to the Super Bowl just because they got Stafford. As a guy who says that Stafford might be the most underrated quarterback in the league, not named Russell Wilson, by the way. Um, eight, seven years now, but go ahead. Yeah, I know. Hey, we've relied on that. Hey, before you, you know, continue we, off that one, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Where'd Russell Wilson go to school, and do they win this weekend? <laughs> I believe yeah. we've had that conversation. Right, fuck you, time. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it when the South Park reference comes while Kyle is talking. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, where's I used to have my San Francisco 49er yarmulke hanging, hanging on the wall. That would make it perfect. And I'm not even Jewish. Anyways, um, listen, guys. With, with Here's the thing. Everything everybody said about both defenses being great is absolutely correct, okay? The Rams' protection is decent at best. I'm not here to say they're bad. They're decent at best against a group that won a Super Bowl and supplanted Patrick Lamont Mahomes II when he did not have his starters, okay? Then there's Aaron effing Donald battling the middle of the line. Tristan Wirtz is on the outside, so this does little for me as far as that. Who does what there is what's going to be important. But at the end of the day, my thing that Dave says is the, the blueprint is doing this and having short dunking passes and a quarterback that can set time. And my favorite thing he said is he can't do that. Now, he wasn't referencing Dak, but I scoff at Goff and still at Stafford. Ooh, that flowed nicely. Um, <laughs> with inability to scram compared to one Dakota Prescott. So that's going to be problematic if they're using that particular piece. Say what you will, um, this, this, this murderer's row, that is the NFC West, is going to get them at some point. I don't know which of the four teams it will be, but I don't think. It's going to be Los Angeles this weekend. All right. You guys got anybody got anything else before we close this thing out? I already how told you. How do you beat uh, How do you beat Tom Brady? You 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 make him uh, you make him uncomfortable getting pressure on him, and I think that that's another key I've got to mention in there. That if he gets hit, his uh, old bones might break with the osteoporosis. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald is going to be a key part of that. I can't think of what happened the last time they faced each other. Yeah, it uh, it'll be a fun one. I'm surprised oh, wait, 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 wait. Cowboys Eagles game for Monday night on this on this dock of the games, Homer. I just yeah, right. I just thought the last time that Aaron Donald would have seen Tom Brady, he scored ten points in the Super Bowl at the end of the, with a touchdown at the end of the game, right? That, that would Stupid. be interesting. In fact, this is Dome's first game in Los Angeles in his career. Yeah. Right, any last thoughts on my end? Slam the the Panthers to win. Slam the uh, the cover on Thursday. Slam the Cowboys to cover against the Eagles. We know. Why? No Texans to... to the window. Huh? Texans to the window, seven and a half. No, oh, I'm thinking Carolina. Even with out. the backup QB? Absolutely. Okay, just checking. How are you laying seven and a half on the road on a short week? The only thing that scares me backing the Texans this week 
is you have a rookie head coach on Thursday night for the first time. Look ahead line on this was Panthers favored by a field goal, and it's now seven and a half. I'm an emotional better. I can't tell you. I can tell. <laughs> Dave, why don't you uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can follow you on Twitter, and then uh, we'll pass it around the rest of the group. I think we're at uh, Huddle Up Dave's on Twitter now. I have no idea what it is, uh, but I'm on there occasionally uh, shitting on Notre Dame all the time. <laughs> he's again, he's not wrong. Uh, EJ, get your plugs in, my man. First week of podcast, um, all podcast catchers, take the wrestling podcast. If you love that kind of stuff, you know, the scripted, the kind, all that. On Twitter, EJChristian7. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Kyle. I remember you were slightly offended because I said Mackenzie Milton wasn't so wrong that that group could beat Notre Dame. I have never said anything as rough as this guy. Why are you all sensitive when I say something? <laughs> I, anyway. well, I, I, I expected from him, and actually, from him, this is almost this is almost light work from what I normally get from Dave. You should hear me on a golf course with him for four straight hours. <laughs> I was going to say golf game then too. I was going to say it's later in the evening and he's sober-ish, so um, wow. yeah, it definitely gets a lot worse. Cash money for that recording, <laughs> anyways. Speaking of cash money for that recording, let me get somebody shout outs here. First of all, you will find me on Twitter at. The SOTG. Of course, you'll find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game and check out my work with the three point conversion. Hey, I'll tell you this uh, boss man controversy, Raphael Haynes was actually at Clemson covering Georgia Tech and Clemson and noted the win coming out of the air uh, when that was close. That was some crazy stuff there, too. Thought you would like to hear about that, all you ACC uh, realists out there. And of course, um, Check out my work on the threepointconversion.com. That's the number three, not the word three. You'll see my work covering UCF and my first efforts here in covering the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very interesting stuff from uh, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, as well as UCF's Shaquille Griffin there uh, in the postgame press conference. That may leave a little hope if you're a Jags fan. Not much, but a little. Uh, and of course, check out my work as well with hilarity by default, the YouTube channel, I do the pop culture work out there. A lot of fun there all the way around. Of course, my work as well with the Captain and Company Morning Show on oldschool101.com. Check it out there on Facebook. These are all items that are videos, so EJ will consume none of them. But you have the audio option with oldschool101.com to go to the website and listen there. Two things real quick. You should, everything he said, he should just dinged it. Ding, 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 all those little things he does. And by the way, I feel so fucking lazy. Listen to you fucking go through your like menu of like things you're doing and whatnot. You should feel lazy. You don't even watch videos. <laughs> He's got a point, actually. <laughs> that he that he does. All right, and that's gonna do it for us this weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for interacting. For those that do. Um, you can, of course, follow me at Big Jim Sports. You can uh, follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Make sure you're following along with the show on uh, and subscribed on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Get our merchandise. Our home network is NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And our secondary home is the Leib Sports and Music Network, L-E-E-I-B Sports. Dot com. Until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.